Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast. Um, just me at the top of the show again, getting you to uh, share the show around where you can and uh, join the Facebook group. Um, this week I'm joined by Tio and we're going to be talking about what lies beneath. Um, we both decided it would be hilarious to pretend that we didn't know who Robert Zemeckis is. Um, unfortunately that joke doesn't come across in the podcast and we genuinely sound like we don't know who Robert Zemeckis is. Um, but please don't think that we're heathens who don't know what Back to the Future is. (laughs) Um, anyway, the last thing to remember is all women are evil and men too. Welcome to another episode of Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast where each week I talk to a guest about their history with horror movies and a movie of their choice, with a couple of fun questions at the end, creating a delightful horror sandwich. This week I'm joined by Tia, who's going to tell me about her horror history and answer those questions that I already said. And now I'm going to stop being rude and actually say hello. Hello, Tia. Hello. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yes, I'm, well, yes, I think I'm okay. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't ask such complicated questions. <laughs> so, are you ready to tuck, in, tuck into this horror sandwich, or at least create it? It's all on you, really. Yeah, I'm excited. You've added, added some new questions. You've added crisps and salad to the horror sandwich. <laughs> I have. I'm, I'm making it a full course. I'm going to make this <laughs> the horror meal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, let's start with the classic question though. What is the first horror movie that you can remember seeing? Um, so mine has quite a bit of a story behind it. Um, it was Scream and I would have been, well, I saw it in 2000, so I would have been about eight years old. I was at a millennium party, uh, with my mom and my family and all the adults were off having a great time, having a party, and some of the older kids at the party put on screen. Um, and I only remember seeing a few bits of it, but I like couldn't look away, and it it really traumatised me. <laughs> or it, it might not have done uh, until, uh, unfortunately, the, the day after, um, my brothers, who were 18 and 16 at the time, found out that me and my sister had watched Scream and decided to play a prank on us. Um, whereby they started phoning up the house and saying the lines from the film and then like leaving knives by the door and basically like we were running to them like oh my god someone's gonna kill us and they're like yeah you should probably go hide and like it sounds awful because they are like I must say they are the best brothers in the world like they're not awful people but you know obviously being teenage older brothers um they thought it was hilarious but it it yeah it traumatized me and I um I couldn't watch I in fact I've only just rewatched the film about a month ago oh really um, yeah and was it as traumatizing this time around or did you find it a delight <laughs> I found it a delight actually so yeah. I'd sort of begun to get over it, it wasn't until I was about 15 
Uh, right. I watched the scary movie films and that helped. And then when the new Scream came out recently, I said to my friend, Matt, who completely coincidentally was on this podcast, he, like I said, I want to see the new film, but I don't know if like, I can do it. I'm still so scared. And he was like, honestly, it, it's funny. Like, try it, try it, try the old one again. And I, yeah. I did, and I absolutely loved it. Um, so I think I cured myself. Um, and then I managed to see the new one at the cinema, <laughs> literally on my own. There was no one else in the screening. <laughs> as alone as I could be. <laughs> That's the best way to watch horror film, films, that alone, yeah. alone in the dark. Yeah. I mean, as far as I knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose somebody could have been lurking in the back, um, yeah. but they left you alone anyway. By the sounds of it, well, you got here, so uh, yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's a scream. Scream has come up so many times on this podcast because it's either people's first horror movie, or I mean, although that seems to be the case, it's either people's first. But for you, it was the one that scared the crap out of you. Yeah. yeah, and I will say going back to your story as a as a, I'm a younger brother and and any 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 time I could torture my sister I, I would have taken it so <laughs> um, yeah. I can fully stand up to that. So given given that, when did you actually become a horror fan? Then it, it's quite weird, really. When I've reflected on this, it wasn't that long after. It was definitely sort of early two thousands and and through my brother that I, I got into them. I. I I have all these memories of them either showing me horror films that scared me or telling me horror stories that scared me, but it was kind of the way we bonded. Um, and I, there was certainly like an element of wanting to prove myself to them and, and yeah. you know, be cool for my brothers. So I think I <laughs> maybe forced myself into liking them. Um, and then it just became something I did enjoy. Um, but yeah, those early 2000s horror films are, are what I really remember. Um, and then going into my teenage years, I'd watch them all the time with friends. We'd watch really stupid ones, like the stupidest ones we could find. Um, and then I got really interested in like horror comedy films like uh, Severance and um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil later on. Oh, yeah, very good. And, yeah. Yeah. And then going back like The Burbs, Lost Boys, Gremlins, all those sorts of more classic ones. I, I love the combination of those genres. I think it's brilliant. And some of them can actually still be really scary, as well as being funny. But no, you're right. Horror, horror, and comedy mix together really, really well. Yeah. So, can you pick out a specific one where you thought, "Oh, I'm into this. I like this." I remember really liking the Jeepers Creepers films. I used to watch those oh, a lot. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I think they were they had that good balance of scaring me, but also that moment in horror films where you're like, "Well, this is ridiculous," and, but it was something I enjoyed. Like. <laughs> I tend to like horror films that are either really clever or just absolutely ridiculous. Um, like I love being like, oh, of course they've lost phone signal. Of course their car's broken down. Like, I, yeah. yeah. It's part of the fun. I really like those Jeepers Creepers films. The newest one, the, yeah. third, the third one was awful, but the first one, it ends on a real downbeat, as I remember. Yeah. But it was it was at that time where downbeat endings were sort of, you know, not necessarily the done thing, whereas... Now, a lot of times, unfortunately, downbeat endings are just a mainstay. And I'm not always a big fan of that because I'm an 80s horror guy. Yeah. And, and for me, the movie should end with the killer 
you know, being beaten and at least one person being <laughs> left alive, you know, whether at the end it shows that they're still alive or not, it's still a sort of generally upbeat ending where someone does escape. But yeah, from the sort of, I think, Blair Witch onwards, um, you know, you were never you were never safe with the ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. I, I not really considered that difference. I guess, I guess I am more used to the downbeat stuff, but it's been nice reflecting on all those films I used to watch because my husband really hates horror, like cannot stand even like mm. the, the, the tiniest bit. So, and we've been together 14 years. So I'm really like, because <laughs> I don't necessarily love watching them on my own, apart from Scream, apparently. Um, <laughs> I just don't watch them as much at the moment. So I've missed loads, but I really want to get back into it because, yeah, I listen, I've been listening to your podcast and I was like, oh my God, yeah, I used to really love horror. Um, oh, good. Well, I'm glad yeah, you've been listening. Yeah, I think this is this has helped me get back into horror a lot more than I, than I was because I love horror films and I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm like a horror aficionado. So I've really enjoyed people bringing along films that I either haven't seen or I haven't dipped into for a long time. So this is giving me more of an education than, um, and it's given me a good excuse to watch horror films more often. Yeah, definitely. So let's move on to the next question, which is what is the scariest horror movie? Um, so since Jaws technically isn't horror, I can't choose that, but that, that would be the film that scares me most because I'm really scared of sharks. Um, you can choose Jaws. No, because I have other options, it's fine. Right, I, um, one that came to mind, and I've never actually seen it all the way through, was Child's Play, because I really hate dolls, and my cousin yeah. always yeah. watched it. I remember seeing scenes, and I'd be interested to see, Like, I get the impression that's quite funny as well, so I, I would like to try that again. Yeah, um, um, we've got Child's Play coming up actually soon, um, not the next episode, the episode after that I'm going to be doing Child's Play. But yeah, you're right. But actually the first Child's Play, like most of those sort of 80s horror films, is actually quite scary. Yeah. Once once you get the turnaround, because that film, spoilers, sort of starts off with you not really knowing what's going on. Yeah. But then when it when he does become sort of, you know, Chucky, it's it's yeah. funnier. It's funnier, but you know, it's not gremlins yeah. funny. <laughs> no. I was also just like if I'm not giving too many answers to one question, I was just going to talk a bit about it because oh yeah, uh, the most recent one or nineties kind of I've not actually seen the nineties one, but so I've okay. never had a fear of clowns. And then a few years ago, I was looking through the TV and I saw um, Pennywise from the nineties one just come up, and I just turned it off immediately. I was like, oh, <laughs> awful, and then um, and then I watched the new one with my friends and. While I was watching it, I was fine, you know, horrific as it should be, but didn't really bother me. The weeks after that, I just had nightmare after nightmare after nightmare about Pennywise. Like he crept into my psyche. So, wow, yeah. yeah, I think it's pretty impressive when a film can do that. It's certainly doing its job. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that and that, 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 the part one of those of, of it is pretty good. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's scary and it's, I can I can see I can see how a lot of people got got scared from that. So yeah. Um, yeah. Although you can take solace that ultimately and he gets his ass kicked by a load of kids. So yeah, this yeah. is true. You know, well, so you, you, know. you you should be fine. So all right, let's move on from that. So uh, the best kill. Oh yeah, I, I was pleased with my answer for this one. I was thinking about it, and then clear answer came to me: cabin in the woods, unicorn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
course, yeah. Yeah. I know. And I it's it's a slight spoiler because if you haven't seen the film and you watch the first half, you'll be like, What is she on about unicorn? But <laughs> it does that from dusk till dawn thing. So Yeah, well, don't worry, we're full spoilers here. We we, we don't worry <laughs> about that. So uh, yeah. No, that's a good one. I wasn't expecting that one. Um no. so well, let's move on from best kill to standout effects. Um, so this is one I only watched last year, but it's The Thing, the original. I, I'm saying the original. I don't know if they've done a remake. That was just an assumption. But um, Actually, that is a remake. Actually, that yeah. is a remake, yeah. <gasps> See, there you go. See, so educating me already. I mean, it is, it is technically a remake, but arguably it's a sequel as well from the original, which I think was a, maybe a 50s film called The Thing from Outer Space. Um, uh, okay. So I think there is there is some debate there about whether it's uh, anyway it doesn't matter yeah <laughs> but, yeah but as effects go you're right that's a standout movie for effects um, yeah I can't argue with you there and good practical effects as well none of this CGI yeah. crap and really just so disturbing like I do think eighties horror films have this particular brand of disturbing yeah um, <laughs> they like, do yeah well where it's just like yeah it does it's the um i don't know what it is i think because they're all sort of really dingy and um yeah. you know there's no like today's horror films can be a bit clean whereas 80s stuff was all very dingy and very you know just murder it's just a lot of murder <laughs> yeah but just i'd say unnecessarily gory as well yeah that's true yeah <laughs> yeah for sure yeah <laughs> they are all right let's keep let's keep moving um <laughs> I know I said it like that. Um, so a movie that needs a sequel or movies that need to start making sequels, or if you've got answers to both, I'm quite happy with answers for both. I don't have an answer for the first because I'm, I genu- generally don't like great films having sequels. I'm like, you know, obviously there's exceptions, but like mm-hmm. I was looking back through films I like and I was like, actually, no, they're good left as they are. Um, and obviously there's so many sequels and franchises in horror that is probably good to be thankful for the standalones um in terms of ones that need to stop making sequels i know they have now but um for me the saw films because i just love the first two so much yeah wish they'd stopped um it's really frustrating because they were yeah i'm so with you on this (laughs) You, you 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 just won me over because uh, <laughs> only, <it>, only now <laughs> you're on the fence. <laughs> you won me over now. You know I was I was with you on the thing, and now you really tipped me over the other <laughs> over the other side. We can be we can be pals now. Okay, <laughs> but oh, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm no, I'm totally with you on the Saw movies. Um, some people love them and it's fine. But for me, the reason I don't like them is not necessarily the gore and stuff like that. It's because that the twists were just out of hand. And I really, I really felt like when I saw Jigsaw, cause I've watched most of them. Hmm. Jigsaw was the one where the twist at the end, it, it made me feel like they were going, eh, look how clever we are. And I was like, no, you're not. It's annoying. It's just, so I, I have to, I have to confess here um, that I haven't actually seen, like I've, I think I've seen bits of one of the later ones. I've not seen beyond the first two because I've, I've heard enough reports. My friends 
about sort of the tone it then took of just being gore fest for the sake yeah, of it. Yeah. I just love the first two so much, and it is that thing where, um, obviously, particularly the first one, those that twist was just so good um, that I just couldn't bear to <laughs> watch any more because I didn't want it. To you're, not miss, you're not missing out. <laughs> not rest <laughs> right. So, uh, oh, what's your favourite franchise then? So, again, a bit of a confession here. I don't think I've seen more than two films in any horror movie franchise this is pure accident <laughs> I don't oh, know that. I I'm back pick... on the fence now I know <laughs> and I, I don't think I can pick a franchise because I've not seen a whole franchise um the closest I could get is, is films te- they're technically dark fantasy action horrors and that's mm-hmm. the underworld franchise and I have seen those and I love those but pure horror films yeah Apparently, it's not even like the first two of all these franchises as well. I've seen just random bits of all of them. But... I'll take Underworld. It's vampires and werewolves. <laughs> that's, that's horror. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, so what is the worst horror movie you've seen? Uh, one that came to mind was one I watched with my friend when I was a teenager called One Missed Call, which I think was a remake of um, a Japanese horror film. It's like the basic premise is people get an answer phone message of themselves in the future and it's it's moments oh, before yeah. their yeah. death. And I was just like, just don't just don't check the answer phone. Like it's just it it went beyond the uh stupidity enjoyment level. It was really just awful. Another one that I thought about, and it's I think if I rewatched it now and dissected it from like a feminist point of view, I might love this film, but at the time traumatized me teeth have you seen it or heard of it i have yeah. i have seen teeth one of my friends bought that on dvd it's just fucking hot awful it's a terrible it's film. horrible isn't it like yeah. really really scarred me yeah it's, that, that that's one of those stupid horror films where it's like uh, i don't think i will spoil that one actually but there's a lot of decisions made in that film where you go i you seem like a sensible person, so I don't know why you're doing this. Yeah. I was <laughs> up, it was listed as like a comedy. I was like, I just, yeah. Don't remember no, it being funny. <laughs> just, it's just horrible. As I recall, there might be a funny bit at the end. Maybe. No, but those are good choices. <laughs> um, one missed call was awful as well. Yeah. You know, yep, good. Right. So, what is your favorite horror movie? I'm pointing at you okay. now. <laughs> okay, I've, I've made the mistake of talking about it a bit already, but it, it's hands down sore because it just mm. it blew my mind like at, at the time, and I still enjoy it as much as I did then. I think, um, like, I still even when I think about the ending, like the uh, hairs in my arms stand up. Like, it's it's the music and and the way it all comes together, and it just. It's just so clever. <laughs> I love it when films are that clever. Yeah, um, it is. Soul's great and not as gory as people remember it being. No, no. A lot of people. that much. Yeah. People will say, uh, you know, oh, it was awful when he's cutting through his foot. Like, yeah, it was, but you don't see anything. Yeah. It's actually really, <laughs> I think that was a really clever choice because I think it's worse. Because you, don't, you don't need to see it. Like if you saw it, it would probably actually desensitise you a bit, but. The thought of what he's doing is so awful that you don't need, you just don't need to see it. And I think, again, that's where those later films went wrong. 
That's a great answer. I approve your answer. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I've started approving people's answers. I think <laughs> Yeah, doing wonders for my anxiety. It's all good. <laughs> I I did that in the last uh, one that I recorded, started approving people's answers. Yes, well done. Yes, yeah, so saw's a great one. So that is the first slice of bread. Yeah. We've we've buttered it. <laughs> we put whatever it is that you the you want on there. Yeah, um, avocado. No, a little bit of avocado. Is that oh, that's not filling? No, I suppose it's not, it, is it? It is when when you're vegetarian. <laughs> sandwiches are actually like this was a big thing when I became vegetarian. I was like, what do I put in my sandwich now? And um, so avocado is my friend. Right. Okay. <laughs> that's a tad. Definitely. Don't need to yeah. down. That's no, no, it's okay. I mean, I, I created the horror sandwich thing, so you know. That you already have a horror sandwich, just avocado. Uh, I I don't mind it. <laughs> Yeah, we really have to get off the sandwich. Thing. We do, we do. Uh, unless at some point I actually decide to start asking people what their favourite sandwich is, because because that I, I might have to do that just uh, require just right a whole new right podcast, the, surely. Right at the end. Well, yeah, maybe. All right, so let's move on to the movie that you brought. Um, and instead of bringing the amazing saw, you brought What Lies Beneath from two thousand. I'm interested to know what made you uh, pick this as uh, as your choice. I think it's it's one that stood out from that that era, like early two thousands era, of when I was first yeah. into horror and would watch them with my brother and also my mum, and they mm-hmm. both really loved this film. And I, yeah, it just has this oddly like nice connotation for me um, okay. to them. Um, and I, I I remember finding it scary so I, re- I re-watched it to see if this would be my pick and yeah I mean like it's it's not the best film in the world but I really enjoyed it again and I I was really excited uh, to see some of the cast that I'd forgotten were in it and um, see uh, yeah. yeah I just I enjoy it I, I could probably watch it a few times over and still enjoy it it's um, yeah it works for me <laughs> Awesome. Right. Well, let's get into it then. Uh, so, yeah, What Lies Beneath from 2000, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. Um, very famous director. If only I'd written down some of the other films he's made. Um, <laughs> I can't think of any. Written by Sarah Kurnachan and Clark Gregg, who, but Clark also did the screenplay. This movie stars mostly Michelle Pfeiffer as Claire Spencer and Harrison Ford as Dr. Norman Spencer. Most of my notes in this, though, they'll either be referred to as Michelle Pfeiffer or Harrison Ford. Uh, <laughs> I didn't write down most of the other cast because I think I feel like it's very central, centrally yeah. around these two. So it was made for a budget of $100 million. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. And it boxed office at $291.4 million. So it's a successful movie. And understa- understandably, you know, good cast, good director. So you can see why it did well. And I remember it being advertised because, oh, I'll have been 20 in 2000. So, yeah, I remember that. So the synopsis uh, for this movie is former cellist Claire Spencer and her husband Norman, uh, an accomplished scientist and professor, live a quiet life in Vermont. Claire notices the new neighbours of a volatile relationship after the wife of the neighbours is unseen for several days. Claire suspects the husband has killed her. Then she begins to have ghostly visitations. Right, so like I said to you before, I'm going to try my best not to run down the entire plot, but I probably will. (laughs) (laughs) We 
start off really with uh, it's, it starts off underwater, as I recall. At least the credits are underwater, and the water is quite uh, heavily focused on in this film. Water and reflections quite a lot. Yeah, we get that the daughter is moving uh, to university or college, whatever it is they call it in America, and she's never heard from again. We never get any more of... Completely unnecessary character, right? <laughs> that really brought yeah. really yeah. me up. <laughs> I was like... It's... Um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's odd because I, I feel like part of this film, they suggest that the reason that Michelle Pfeiffer is going a bit mad is because she's having a sort of... Um, leaving the nest sort of syndrome but yeah we never we never hear from her again despite the fact that you know later on it's clear that michelle fife is having a bit of a breakdown yeah i am um, i realize i'm already like hanning my own film <laughs> choice but yeah i thought that was really weird and i thought i was found it confusing i was like is the daughter dead is this a flashback or oh, no she's just yeah i didn't think it this whole movie leads you believing uh, thinking things I think necessarily that aren't true or it, it yeah. like, likes to lead you in a direction so anyway so yeah she goes away and um Michelle Fife is peering out of the window at the neighbors they're arguing as far as I recall um but then they hear them having sexy times which means Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford also have sexy times yeah see that's obviously a very necessary scene <laughs> <laughs> not long after uh, michelle pfeiffer's outside and here's the neighbor afraid she pricks herself on the roses as far as i can remember yeah um then one of her f- yeah so the afraid neighbor uh, she's, she's talking to her and the neighbor seems like really scared about something or other yeah but then her husband comes back and she just sort of runs away so you know it's a bit of a weird scene yeah um, it's, I think you you're getting that implication quite early on that she's in a, an abusive relationship and she's that a, makes not right I just got really excited because the neighbours played by Miranda Otto and this would have been pre-Lord of the Rings um I don't know who who was she in Lord of the Rings Erwin I thought that was Liv Tyler no no so that's Arwen so basically, oh, the right. same name, which makes it very confusing. <laughs> that was that was how you got me there. Yeah. Now, and do you know what? I just am not a Lord of the Rings fan. I, I've tried it and tried like, it and we, tried it. We tried to be didn't... friends. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Michelle Pfeiffer's friend comes to visit. Um, she really visits quickly, though. Yeah. You notice that she, she shows up. She's like, "Hey, look, my new car. See ya." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, out here. I think that's a good half an hour of the film that could be cut. Um, um, and uh, yeah, when I was watching it, I thought this feels long. And then now talking about it, I'm like, yeah, get rid of that. Yeah. that, that. So uh, like I say, Michelle's five, she goes over to the neighbor's house again, I think. And the husband is there and he's a bit sus. And mm. just before that, Michelle Pfeiffer pricks her hands on the roses again. Yeah. So <laughs> She's an idiot. Yeah. Uh, going back to the house, the door opens by itself, which is nice. Mm-hmm. We learn to trust the dog because the, she tries to throw the ball into the water and the dog is not having it. Trust me, if you're in a horror situation, the dog knows what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we do vaguely see a body in the water. Yes. Yeah, there's there's a few good jump scares in this film, I'd say. 
not like mm. massive ones, but little, little ones. Um, I think I was only caught the ones. Oh, I think it only caught me the ones. Although I will tell you, it caught me again today, but not for, not for the right reasons. <laughs> so there's gear going on in the house. So um, gear, scary stuff going on in the house. Michelle Pfeiffer goes to visit her husband, Harrison Ford, in the lab. And while in the lab, we specifically focus on some people in the lab for no reason who start telling us about this sedative that, that leaves you paralyzed for five minutes, which... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why I mean, they bring that up. I don't know I mean, why they, they have this very specific moment in the film. I, it won't come up again. It won't come up again. <laughs> it's pretty much like just fall short of the right exposition on the TV, doesn't it? Yeah, no, I don't think it comes up again. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, don't it come up again. Here's the thing. I think Michelle Pfeiffer goes over to the house again and I notice there's solitaire being played. Oh, it's like a left game of solitaire. Um, yeah. And also during the film, she's playing solitaire on the computer a lot. And I thought to myself, there must be a reason why they keep bringing solitaire up. But I couldn't find anything. So just... Maybe that was like particularly advanced. I mean, really, when did this film come out? 2000 or was it? No, but I, I think in the neighbor's house, it's an actual card game of solitaire. Oh. <laughs> so I don't... Oh, thinking, I think... I think what it must be a reason. I think she sees initials on the computer screen that she thinks is the neighbor, right? So maybe it's trying to trick you into making yeah. those connections. No, uh, the initials later are the actual girl. Yeah, I did, I, she, she thinks initially she thinks because it's the same initials as the neighbor, she thinks it's her. So maybe they're trying at that stage with the solitaire, they're trying to trick the audience yeah. into making this the association as well. I don't know. Maybe it's just bullshit. <laughs> So on uh, one of the many occasions I haven't written down, the bath in the house fills up. Um, <laughs> yeah, that water bill's probably yeah, scary no, thing about this one. Ridiculous. It fills up right to the max as well. And then the mirror comes up with the words, I see you, I see you. Uh, and then we get another scene of, again, don't worry about it. We get another scene where apparently you can only get phone signal at the centre of the bridge, <laughs> which again, I... I don't worry about it. It's not, it won't come up again. It will not come up again. There's a dinner scene in this. I'm going to tell you that while I was doing my original watch, second watch, I wasn't too bad, but the this dinner scene really annoyed me. Okay. Because um, there's a lot of talking over each other. Or that might have been later on. I don't know. But um, it's such a weird scene to try and take in. Yeah, I just didn't like it. And also Harrison Ford starts to sort of grate a bit here because he's doing a lot of what feels like eye-rolling and stuff at Michelle Pfeiffer. He obviously prefers her to just be a sort of... I don't know what he prefers because at this dinner scene, you find out that she was an accomplished cellist. Mm -hmm. um, but apparently she hasn't done that for years and there's no... Can't find any reason why apart from I feel like he just didn't want her to do anything other than just be his wife yeah I think they address that a bit later don't they yeah I found that bit I don't know I'd, I'll go as far as interesting because I think when they address it later he I think he gaslights her in that he she says you know you you wanted me to give that up and he's like no I didn't like I've, I've not done it and she was like actually you did and it, it just it sort of starts to make you question their dynamic and, and how nice it kind yeah. of is and 
Yeah. As characters go, he's definitely a gaslighter, though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't you know, think that's his biggest. I don't think the cello's the uh, the biggest issue on his gaslighting list. We get the filled up bath again, and this time we get um, a jump scare or the attempt at a jump scare because she sees a girl in the bath this time, like sort of peering next to her. No. And then she goes to therapy. Done. Uh, with Miles Dyson, I don't know who the actual character is, but he's Miles Dyson in Terminator 2, and he always <laughs> will be Miles Dyson from Terminator 2. Curiously, I thought it was, um, I don't know if they're meant to do this, but he's underground, so I, you know, his office is underground, so I don't know if that was, he's he lies belief. <gasps> Very, you know, that's switched on. Yeah. <laughs> first radio. Yeah. I don't know. I was just looking for stuff. <laughs> well, let's assume. <laughs> let's assume they're general. meant to do that. Yeah, they're meant to do that. Generally, he, to put there deliberately, right? <laughs> I feel like in this, he sort of tells us to get a Ouija board. Um, why don't you try and make contact with this dead person? Yeah, so they do. She does a Ouija board with her dead, with her dead friend. Oh, She does a Ouija board with her friend and the supposedly dead neighbour's shoe. Yeah. And then... As with all horror films, it turns out she has the creakiest door in the world. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah she needs There's to get no way now. you'd have a house like that. Uh, a recently renovated house. Let's not forget. Recently renovated. This door's really creaky. Leave it. Leave it. It'd be good to, if uh, sneaking on me in the bath. No, creaky. Yeah. Oh, M-E-F. Yeah. That's like you say, that's when the initials come up, which is something I think the neighbor's called Mary Pura. So we got that. And. Oh, it turns out the neighbor's wife is alive and well, so that wraps that movie up. She's fine. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, she was the ghost. Oh, no, she was alive. You, have, you do have the, well, the scene I actually, that used to scare me and still, like, freaked me out from oh, that initial I, memory. Well, no, I stopped watching it. I stopped watching it. She was alive. That was the end. That's the end of the movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, of course, the neighbor, visit, the neighbor visits and she seems fine. She doesn't even seem like she is in an abusive relationship. She just seems happy as Larry. I don't really know what's going on there. <laughs> then she then sees the neighbors at a party, and this is like it's a weird sort of cut to this party. Um, she sees the neighbors at the party, and they're having a hilarious joke with her, where the husband's pretending to choke the wife. You thought you thought I, you thought yeah, I killed yeah. her, didn't you? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah. We we now know that you're mentally ill. <laughs> Let's see. So we dis- we discover that MEF belongs to Madison Elizabeth Frank, who is some girl or other that we don't know. Really- oh, a missing girl. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer mm. visits the mother, um, and then for some reason steals a lock of hair. Steals a lock of hair. I know it's pretty creepy. No, do you mind if I take this lock of hair? No, that's fine. Why? <laughs> A, why does she have a lock of her own hair? And B, why does she take it? I know. I mean, Whatever. beyond Austin. Anyway, so normal, yeah, she steals it? this lock of hair. And then when Harrison Ford comes home, it turns out that Catwoman's come to play. And we get a bit mm-hmm. of Michelle Pfeiffer being a bit Catwoman. She's very mm-hmm. sexy slash murderous. And she makes yeah. him take this bite of an apple that looks so brutal. And there's something about this bite of an apple that he, she makes him take this bite of an apple. And he's like, oh, God, that looks like pain. Yeah. Oh, and don't forget the symbolism of the apple. 
She's trying to tempt Oh, him. yeah, of course. I forgot women were evil. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. The solitaire was uh, lost on Yeah. You can't forget that women are evil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Here we at Creative Psychopaths, we do not condone that as, a, as an actual point of view. <laughs> That's not no. your tagline. That's not the one you're going with in the end. <laughs> forget the women are evil. It'll definitely be in the introduction to the podcast, though. I would say next time, pick your audience. Uh, yeah. <laughs> definitely before the intro music on this, it'll be, don't forget, women are evil. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to have to do it. Uh, right, anyway, uh, so she sees herself in the mirror um, while she's sort of ripping Harrison Ford's shirt. Hey, this is a new shirt, he says. <laughs> yeah, like, um, that's... Maybe the most unbelievable part in the film. Well, he goes, hey, this is a new shirt. <laughs> yeah, because not only, you know, I don't want to stereotype here, but, like, he, he seems like quite a happy guy. And then he, he it's quite clear at the beginning he can't keep his hands off her either. I just oh, don't yeah. feel like that would be his primary concern in that moment. Oh, new sh- there you new go. Shirt, though. I've balanced out <laughs> the attack on women with the attack on men. So, we're all good. <laughs> We don't come down that either. <laughs> <laughs> so then she gets, oh, cheaty memories. She remembers that um, he was a bit cheaty. And then it turns out that her friend who visits casually um, knew about it. And then she goes back to her house and, oh, no, Norman's dead. Oh, no, he's fine. He's in the shower, apparently, seemingly, with a hairdryer. A hairdryer's fallen in the shower while he was... In the, it's very odd. But anyway, he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. So, yeah, anyway, so she discovers that he was having an affair with this Mary Elizabeth Winstead. No, that ain't right. That's an actor. Um, Frank, thank you. Um, she, what happens? Um, all right, so uh, she's in bed. Um, and he's looking at her, but it turns out, oh, she's not actually asleep. She opens her eyes oh, while, he, while he leaves the room. And then she goes diving for some reason. She, she, she goes, goes for a little dive. There's a box under the water, but oh, no, she didn't get it. Yeah, because she found a key earlier in the film, she, didn't she? And she's been trying to work out what it belongs to. She did, to. and I'm glad you brought that up because I remembered that she found a key and realised I hadn't written it down and then couldn't find the bit in the film where she found the key so now you've brought it up mm-hmm. at least we know there's a key uh anyway she doesn't get the box because harrison ford pulls her out of the water he finds that she's got this hair which he burns so then harrison ford is asleep but he's not asleep either and his eyes open so that's a good one it happens again but the other way around well presumably there's creaky stairs as well as doors yeah. <laughs> renovated house um, she goes for another dive this time opens the box and then oh inside the box is evidence and then he says then she says you killed her and he says no I didn't and then he tells this story of suicide Um, but then she goes she says you better ring the police and he rings them but he, he, he didn't really ring them it turns out he did kill her he did kill the girl, and then he... Oh, this is, he uses that sedative from earlier. 
He uses the seven. Oh, no, oh, it's a good job they explain that. It's a good job they explain that. Thank God. So, you know what's hilarious is rewatching it. I didn't even notice that bit about at the lab. <laughs> Just I must have zoned out at that point. Yeah, even in the first time I watched it, I thought that's going to come up again. <laughs> so he fills a bath with her in it, and this this is. The most horrific bit. This for me. is probably the most intense part of the movie. He fills this bath up, mm. this ever-changing filling bath, which goes from one 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 bit of full to another bit of full to slightly less full, <laughs> and and then it doesn't fill very quickly. It's I don't remember a lot of waters leaking out through the plot holes. So. <laughs> Uh, but it doesn't matter because it is intense. It is intense because, uh, because like I said, um, going back to that sedative, um, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer cannot move in the slightest. Mm. He discovers that she's wearing the necklace of the girl. And at this point we get uh, the jump scare that caught me um, because he sort of puts her back and it turns out she's not someone else. She's, she's a <laughs> girl. She's the scary ghost girl. And then yeah. he, and then he goes, ah, and bonks his head off a sink. Then his head is bleeding. And she manages to escape the bath. Did you notice that she breaks the chain on the on the plug? Yeah, how strong are her toes? <laughs> how, how strong are her toes that can barely move? And how yeah, weak is the chain? Yeah. Well, you've got to remember, again, this house is only just recently done. So uh, everything's oh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so everything's... Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Uh, I forgot about that, but she does escape, and like I say, we're taking a we're taking a mick of it, but it is a it is an intense, it is quite an intense scene. Um, she tries to ring, but because it's a pesky landline, yeah. she uh, she can't she can't get on the phone. Uh, now we've got we have a more creaky house this time, and I'll tell you, I did have a jump scare. I did have a jump scare today because I was listening to it through my car. I was watching, trying to finish the notes while I waited for my son to finish Beavers. That's interesting, isn't it? Um, but because that's such a quiet scene, it's such a quiet scene, and Harrison Ford sort of knocked out at the bottom of the stairs, um, the music suddenly sort of goes, blah, 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 and because it was going through my car, I did not expect it at all. So, chase! <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But it turns out he's knocked out, but, oh, no, he is awake. His eyes open, okay. That's the third time they did that to us. She escapes, uh, but it turns out he's behind her in the car that she escapes in. But don't worry, she's going to drive to the middle of the bridge to get cell service, which mm -hmm. we know she can get cell service at the middle of the bridge. But he's there and he smashes her. I'm losing, I'm, I'm losing it here, aren't I? Um, and then she, like the end of the film. She, sees, she sees a ghost. Follow that ghost! They crash. <laughs> They crash into the river, um, and then the ghost of the girl, River Ghost, um, we'll call her River Ghost, or Lake Ghost, Ghost in river the Water. Ghost. She's Water Ghost. <laughs> she stops him from escaping, and he's a bit dead, but I do appreciate the look on his face when he realises that it is a ghost, and he's been, he's been moided. Yes. Yeah, um, and that's sort of the end of the film. Now, yeah, and you get you get the nice wrapped up ending that you like. It doesn't end on a. You're right. She visits a graveyard um, where she goes. Hmm, 
don't know what she says. She doesn't say anything. She just goes, huh. Uh, now, I'm going to get into a little bit of the confusion that I had here because I was vaguely under the under the impression that Michelle Pfeiffer was the ghost. Um, right. Because they talk a lot throughout the film that I've missed here about her crashing a car into... Oh, no, they say into a tree, I think. Um, yeah. But I was a bit... The ghost, the ghost, the girl looks so much like her that I was sort yeah. of like, I was... And the neighbour. <laughs> yeah, and the neighbour looks like her as well. So um, <laughs> I, I was getting confused and I did start to wonder whether, whether I was watching, whether it was going to have some twist. But I think that's... I'm just so used to twists now that... Because it was like, oh no, it played out as it was expected to. That um, that's what confused me. <laughs> I'm confused that there's no confusion here. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that brings us to the end of the film. So, yeah. um, oh, that's left to ask now. Why didn't I pick Saw instead of this? Apparently, well, no, no, look. <laughs> You're more than welcome to bring whatever film you want. And I'm, I like watching different things, but I'm going to have to drop my microphone. <laughs> you hate it that much. I'm going to have to toss my microphone away, apparently. <laughs> no, I, I really hate to say it, but I, I just didn't enjoy it. That's okay. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I want to come into these things and say, no, there are bits in it I enjoyed. Um, like anytime there's a reflection or anything like that, it does it does sort of play with that thing where you're going, oh, I wonder if there's something going to be in the reflection. And it seems like there's a lot of stuff in the background that they make, make you want to pick out on. But I think I find Michelle Pfeiffer acting in this so odd and it isn't scary. I do, I do wonder if I hadn't like watched it as a child, if I'd find it scary now, because I maintain that if you find something scary as a child you'll always find it scary it's just like i agree written in your mental code but um no i totally I, I totally agree with you i just feel like and this is bringing out a real critic of someone like i couldn't make a film like this so i don't know why i feel like i'm allowed to critique it but i will i just feel i just feel like when they start ramping up the sort of tension and scares they should start they should continually ramp um mm. whereas i think it's classed as a like a thriller as well so I do yeah it's but I also think that they could have left the ghost out of it if you know what I mean if they'd left the ghost yeah. out of it it would have played almost as a very similar film yeah um because she could easily have lost her memories in that car car crash um and then slowly starts to piece together this murder mystery so I think yeah. that's another reason that I hate ragging on films I really do <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love it. It's great fun. Like, you know, this is this is what it's here for to discuss the film. Um, yeah. it, how boring would it be if you're like 10 out of 10, no comment? Like <laughs> I mean, Well, if you've um, listened to this podcast, you're gonna know that the review system is is one way or the other. It's <laughs> it's either a creative psychopath or it's shit. Uh, <laughs> I am um, there's no nuance here. I had to really battle myself here because like picking a film I really wanted to be like to pick something either objectively great or like a cult classic or something that would make me sound <laughs> clever <laughs> or like a really great horror fan but I just picked something I enjoyed 
and it's not yeah it's definitely not the best film in the world but it's what i picked so so will you give it a creative psychopath then yeah okay i guess i enjoyed it i can't you know i i i think i can enjoy it and also acknowledge it's not like not the best i think those two things can coexist much like these two storylines in the film that only needed one right okay well, this is the first time. This is the first time I'm going to have to say it was shit. <laughs> wow. Um, so in that, in that, you're you're a historic guest here on Creative Psychopaths for bringing the, the first film to get a shit review from the host, whose oh wow vague basic knowledge of anything is not worth. Not worth yeah, I'm sure. The paper is pretty I'm sure I'll, uh, I'll live with that really well. <laughs> No, yeah, it sounds like if for some reason there's an award ceremony at the end of the year, then you'll win that award. I can't see why I've got an award ceremony, but you never know. I may get too big for my boots. So, right. So that is the filling here, oh, uh, here in this horror sandwich. So we've put we put avocado in there um, or whatever, whatever filling you'd like. You must have more than just avocado, surely. Oh, I do. Like. It's not if it's toast, I might just have avocado on it. Ah, but yeah, but that's that's a classic that's anyway. Uh-huh. But no, you know, it's gonna have like salad and probably some corn meat in it as well. Maybe oh, lovely. It's starting to be a fantastic sandwich. Um, so let's sandwich it up with this last piece of bread, and we're gonna ask the last two questions here. So, what is a scary moment from a non-horror movie that you can remember? Uh, so the first thing I wanted to pick for this was Return to Oz, but I know someone else picked it, and I d- I just think it's like it should be class of horror films. Just absolutely. So fantastic. Um, but for me, the, the bit was the screaming heads, and that, that really picked me up. Absolutely. It's just... um, but then um, I was watching TV the other day, and Matilda came on, and and it's one of my favourite childhood films. But I remember the scene where they break into Miss Trunchbull's house, and then she comes in early. Um, very intense, yeah, intense. Yeah, very some some horror tones yeah. and still scares the shit out of me yeah no my daughter likes that film yeah. you're right it's really tense scene really tense scene and but luckily matilda's got psychic <laughs> powers oh sorry telekinetic um right if you could make a non-horror film a horror movie what would you choose i'm gonna go with drop dead fred because i think <laughs> It's yeah. got some naturally creepy elements to it. Some of the imaginary friends are pretty creepy and her sort of being locked up and forced to take medication and everyone thinking she's she's gone insane. And I think, yeah, just the idea of someone having an imaginary friend, only they can see an imaginary friend making them do bad stuff, could definitely translate well into, into a horror. Good one, snot face. <laughs> And very well-placed reference. Yes. Oh, I'm nothing if not a ball of references. <laughs> My personality's made of, of references. Um, yes, I know. <laughs> so that is the final piece of bread in this here horror sandwich. Um, we've created a podcast. So the last thing to do is to... Actually, have you got anything to plug? Well, um, no, apart from just, you know, please forgive me, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> You don't have a whole horror. You don't have a podcast. You want to plug? I suppose I should. I, I mean, you're, you're here, and I think the fourteen <laughs> people that listen to this might might 
might want to. Well, I, these things will either naturally overlap or they won't. It might be surprising, but I have a mental health podcast with my friend. All right. Um, it, it's just an effort to normalize conversations around mental health and give people a platform to uh, talk about their experience. Uh, it's called Island Minds. It's very small. Um, and yeah, I mean, listen or don't. I guess. But we will put the links to that in the show notes because actually that sounds really, really good. That actually sounds great. Um, so, right, thank you very much for coming on to the show. It's been really great having you here. Um, I've really enjoyed listening to your answers and I, despite the fact that I didn't enjoy the film, I enjoyed going through it with you. Thank you, Um Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening to the show. Um, don't forget you can join the Facebook group Creative Psychopaths where I do post every week about what film that we're going to do and you could uh, comment on that and we would um, mention it on the show and now I remember now I've said that I realized that people did comment on this and I should have done that earlier <laughs> oh, I got one answer it says not a bad film from memory big cast no only two people really who were probably jumping on the prob- prob- popularity of a quick scare horror of the time. Um, that's from my friend Andy, who was on this. I'm sorry, Andy, I get the feeling you haven't seen this. Well, I mean, like, any anything that anyone says about my film pick can only be an improvement, right? Like, we've, we've slammed it as much <laughs> as possible. So, any comments coming my way can only go up. Yeah, no, you... you, you I don't... It's hard to say whether that was a positive or a negative comment, that. An in-between comment. Also, you can email the podcast at creativepsychopathspod at gmail.com, especially if you'd like to guest on this. I'm always looking for more guests. Um, And last thing to say is, bye. Oh, bye. (laughs) Oh, I needed the point. (laughs) That was, I thought that went really well.